Welcome to the Y'all's Nest, where we talk all things in entertainment and pop culture. I'm Derek Kennedy, and once again, we are going to fall into fall. I hope you guys are having a great day. And whatever weather is benefiting from you, I hope you have yourselves a great weekend too. So, fall is here. You know what that is. It's the falling leaves, the nice cold weather as you go outside. Hey, even wearing your favorite sweater or sweatshirt, whatever tickles your fancy. But there's a lot going on. In the fall that basically we don't even know about. Or events that you're so confused about going, but you can't pick which one to go to. Right now, there's a lot going on wherever you are. For me, it's plenty of outdoor concerts, fall festivals, kids that are going to the trick-or-treat. Okay, that's going I'll save that for later. But this episode, we're all going to fall into fall. And hopefully it'll be with a pile of leaves when we land. As you may well know, good listener, fall is here. Trying to get used to the falling leaves, the cool breeze, the hot weather. Well, this is Texas, though. It kind of fluctuates every now and then between the two temperatures. But I want to ask you something. What is it with you and this pumpkin spice obsession? I am trying to scratch my head around this for the longest time. I get to stores or I get to Starbucks and they always have pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin spice coffee, pumpkin spice teas. Okay, that last one I made up. But you know what I'm talking about. What I do want to talk more about is why do you like it so much? I mean, is it good? But despite all of that, I also like warm drinks. I like hot chocolate. I even like a hot apple cider. Actually, before I continue, there's a nice little recipe you can find that's called an easy fall punch. It's non-alcoholic. It's just basically mixing apple cider, pineapple juice, and ginger ale. But aside from fall drinks, I also like fall foods. Especially a nice warm bowl of chili. And especially if I have it with cornbread or make a Frito pie using corn chips. Simply delicious. But I digress. Sooner or later, I'm going to have to try all this pumpkin spice nonsense and see what's the big deal of it all. And if it's good like it said it was, then... Consider me part of the crowd for trying it. (laughs) 
Halloween is getting closer and closer, but the season of it all, that means costumes are going to be ready, the candy's going to be bought, but most importantly, watching scary movies and TV shows. Since the month has started, I've been catching up with a few scary shows. To set things off, I watched Harper's Island on Pluto TV. So I started off with the first four episodes on Saturday, and then from Sunday through Wednesday, two episodes a day. In between, I go to YouTube, I watched Harper's Island Unsolved after the 10th episode, watched the final three episodes, then Harper's Island Solved, and thanks to the BBC Three network I've also watched The House on Haunted Hill on Amazon Prime in color for the first time and still scary but it's not much horror filled more like a murder mystery and that's what I like to watch on Halloween it's not just horror films it's sometimes action horror or even a little bit of supernatural comedy but also murder mysteries I absolutely like them I'm going to be watching the Snoop Sisters a black day for a bluebeard on YouTube sometime before the end of this month and possibly all three screams before seeing scream four on AMC. But while I'm on the subject of scary movies, there's something that I gotta confess. I like scary movies, then who doesn't? But the thing about me is I always wait until the dark of night. And I don't mean like the dark of night, like seven o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. I'm talking midnight to four in the morning and I would have the lights off and just paying attention and keeping myself glued to my seat. And I keep whipping around each time when I hear a faint noise or a car driving by and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is not for me. Every single Halloween, I try to curb that. And every single time, sometimes I succeed. Other times, I fail. Like 50-50 between the two odds. But I always liked to be scared. It's that adrenaline rush that you get. And it's not just scary movies. It's not just murder mysteries. Sometimes I look at cutscenes from scary games, like Resident Evil, for example. Seeing the intro from the 1996 original to Resident Evil 2, both original and remake. Nemesis, also the remake. But number four was the most action packed, including that knife fight between. Leon Kennedy and Krauser. Oh my goodness, that was nice. But I've also seen cutscenes from Silent Hill, Death Stranding with Norman Reedus, even the Walking Dead Telltale games that have been on for a while. 
If you're on YouTube, find an account, find a channel that's named Comic Storian and look up Deceased and Marvel Zombies. They will scare the bejesus out of you. It is a great storyline from both comics and also if you're watching what if on disney plus one episode has to do with the marvel zombies coming to life now for criminal minds there's a few episodes that are halloween based for example three six about face this is also the debut of Joe Mantegna introducing his character, David Rossi, as he returns to work with the BAU. And later on in season eight, it's called The Good Earth. And Devil's Night, which features a very touching scene. I I'm not going to spoil it for you. You're just going to have to watch it just to see it. And for those who uses Peacock, there's a lot of scary movies on there, including the Friday the 13th series, as well as Halloween. And for those who have Peacock Premium, Halloween Kills is on Peacock. So you have a choice between either going to the theater, but not be inundated by people who talk too much in a the theater, there's an alternative. Peacock Premium has Halloween Kills and you can watch it at the comfort of your own home. Just uh, keep the doors locked for me, will ya? And one more YouTube note. Even though Conan is off the air on TBS, if you go to YouTube, check out Clueless Gamer Scary Games as he and Aaron Blair play games from Slender, The Descent, and Amnesia to Outlast. And he critiques them in his own humorous way. You know what I love about doing this show? I've always liked interviewing folks and getting their takes on their holidays. In this one, I talk with Hannah Trahan as we share stories, films, and whatnot in all things Halloween. So, enjoy. So, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. I had a surprise visit from some friends who brought me Halloween cookies, and I um, watched some quick synopsises on my old favorite movies so that I could get a better idea, since it's been a little bit since I've watched my classic Halloween phase. But uh, I'm, I am just having a great day so far. It's been peaceful, and it snowed for the first time this year, so. Oh, wow. I, it did? Yeah, a little bit of a powdering today, pre-Halloween, so I think I'm looks like I'm going to be dressing up in something warm for my costume this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. And yeah, we haven't had any snow yet. Just a little bit of a cold. Oh, I, I love want... it whenever that winter chill comes in. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I know. Me too. 
every time it gets a little colder, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be an excuse just so I can put on a sweater or something. Yes. Or, or, <laughs> or put on anything long-sleeved. That's, honestly, that's the best excuse I can find to wear a sweater, aside from the fact that sweaters are just, I don't know, shirt blankets, and they're just so comfy. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one thing that I like about uh, cold weather sometimes is that they always have to, not just the sweaters, it's just some folks would like pumpkin spice latte, and I, that's fine. Me, I'm more like the um, chili. Yes, that's something that I grew up doing. Um, let me ask you this. Did your mom, she wouldn't cook the hot meals during the summer because it would heat the house up too much and to save on air conditioning. She'd do mm-hmm. the hot meals during the winter because my mom did that. Um, and just, I loved it because it was like, oh, the minute you felt that chill, it was like your stomach would start craving the gumbo, the red beans, taco soup, beer chili, like all the warm, just the things you can practically drink. It's like the meals you can drink and they're just, they warm your bones from the inside out. I absolutely love that. I have to agree. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Me too. Me too. Oh boy. I get, uh, you know what goes great sometimes? If I had like a, uh, aside from apple cider, mm. I would always have either hot apple cider or a hot chocolate with a snack cake or something. Oh. Maybe an oatmeal cream, oatmeal cream pie or a cupcake or something. Or possibly, I could, I could be brave enough to say that I can say. Maybe a, maybe a nice little cheesecake. Mm. Homemade cheesecake at the <laughs> oh, store box. Homemade is always the way to go, though. It's so much like, I don't know. There's a, something about the store-bought cheesecake. They're good. But they just kind of taste like cream. Homemade cheesecake. I, oh, I just love homemade cheesecake. I don't know what else to say about it. So, yeah, that would, that would be delicious. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, you ready for this? I sure am. Yeah, so, once, um, I think we can talk about movies and such. Absolutely. And then, movies first, costumes, and then candy. We're going to save that for last. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. All right. So, what you got for me for movies? So, I actually, <laughs> since I was on that little binge this morning... Uh, number one is going to have to be Scary Godmother. And it's it's one that I hadn't really remembered all that well. I just remember my brother and I thought the concept was awesome. And watching through it again, ironically enough, I find out that the main character is a little girl named Hannah Marie. <laughs> and she's <laughs> kind of being taken in by Scary Godmother because she's terrified of everything. And Scary Godmother helps her to realize that it's it's about fun. Like you get, you get to be scary. That's the fun part. It's like Halloween is it's where you get to be scary. You get to be big and creepy and like stomp around with your claws out. And I love that. I just, that's the kind of person I think I want to be as a scary godmother when I'm older. I think that'd be so cool to be the crazy old lady riding around on the bicycle with a broomstick attached, the big old witch hat. And I think that's awesome. It just, the whole yeah. thing of it is so just warm and happy and it's just so Halloween. Yeah, I think I kind of like 
I kind of like that. I kind of definitely picture you as the scary godmother. Oh, I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. I would just, I would absolutely, if I, if I could do that as a living, I would die and go to heaven, just running around the neighborhood, changing the colors of the leaves and, you know, tossing candy out there, teaching kids, hey, you don't have to be scared. You can become your fear and conquer it that way. It's, uh, I mean, granted, that's not all Scary Godmother is about. There's some really goofy little things involved, and there's some oddly some bits about trauma too in there. But um, I just think it's dope. It's so much fun, and I love that concept. Just this creepy witch who bakes the leaves in her oven and makes them turn colors, and teaches one little girl that she's got a lot more bravery and magic in her than she ever realized. But yeah, that was my pick. At least for number one. How about you? Uh, for me, I'd have to go with the classic, even though it's not on TV this year. But I do watch it like every Halloween, and that is "It's the Great Pumpkin," Charlie Brown. Oh, that that disappoints me. It's not on. It's not on this year because that is such a tradition. The Charlie Brown films are such a tradition in our family. Yes, they are. I mean, it's a tradition for every family. For real. Not just mine. I think so. I think any um, American family between like the 80s and now, just we love Charlie Brown. It's his little his little um, lamentations become clearer once you become an adult, like what that's all about. And you see that this kid's grown up way too fast. And most of it is, I think, his friends just pulling him back into being a kid and reminding him what being a kid is all about, what the seasons are all about. But the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is just, it's goofy and it's heartwarming. But I want to hear your your uh, reasons for it. Why do I like the, uh, it's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? I mean, except for the obvious reasons that it's a timeless classic. Like, what are your favorite parts and what about it to you just stands out the most and just warms your heart? Wow. I'd say it has to do with Lucy coming in at late at night while um, Linus was shivering on the pumpkin patch was just only its blanket. Absolutely. And then taking him home and then Lucy taking him home and putting him into bed. Despite the fact that she can be mean and she can be bossy. She is her sister and she loves him. Absolutely. I I love that too. That that was something my mom actually pointed out to me when we'd watch it was even the meanest person needs to understand how to be human sometimes and I love that I thought like you know here's Lucy she's a character that we're kind of taught to dislike and she's getting up in the middle of the night realizes my little brother's not in his bed it's time to go be a big sister and she takes him home and takes his shoes off wraps him up in a blanket makes sure he goes to bed it's it's precious I really did like that moment I'll have to agree with you yeah So I guess that brings us to number two then. Okay. Would you like to go first this time? Sure. This one was strikes a chord to me. It was called Werewolf. This was a TV show that was in 1987. That was one of the first shows on the Fox Network when it first launched. Oh. I've never heard of it. Uh, it's on 
find the episodes on YouTube. They had it on Chiller for a while, probably as one of their October marathons. Now, picture this for a second. Okay. A college student gets bitten by his roommate who shockingly transforms into a werewolf in front of his eyes. He gets bitten by him, but he has to shoot him in order to free him from the curse. Now, this is what makes it so interesting. This is like a supernatural version of the fugitive. Well, one part fugitive, one part um, incredible hulk. Because in most cases, or in most, or in should I say, in most shows, you have this one person who was on a run for a person for a crime that he didn't commit. In Werewolf, he did the crime and still has to go on the run. This thing lasted about 26, 28 episodes. I can't remember the episode count, though. Including a couple of two-parters. And it was from the same exec producers, believe it or not, the ones that did the A-Team, Hunter, and Wise Guy. That all worked beside uh, Stephen J. Cannell. Interesting. I'm surprised I've never heard of this one. I'm going to have to do some research. So it's more of like a... Yeah, it's pretty... Is it more of like a serious note, or is it like a slight comedy? It's more of a serious note. I remember seeing the two-hour pilot movie when it first came out, and the rest from the series run. It lasted for one season, but it had a 30-minute weekly episode. Then it was on. Now keep keep this in mind. When Fox first aired, when it was launched, it was on Saturdays and Sundays. It didn't really expand until like somewhere between ninety one, ninety two. But it really didn't expand to like Mondays and then Tuesdays. It wasn't the major network that it was back then. It was just starting out at that time. I had no idea that Fox even just... they So Fox itself would just run on the weekends, or was this like... When it first started, it was on the weekends. And then during the weeknights, they had the late show with Joan Rivers. And then they had a uh, rotation of guest hosts, including... Elaine Boozler and Arsenio Hall, to name a few. Okay. I remember Arsenio Hall. He was big in the 90s, but gosh, this is, this is a little bit before my time, so I'm going to have to delve into this because that sounds really interesting. If you can, and this is something I found when I was on YouTube, there was an inter- interview with the Lake Chuck Connors And not only that, he talked about the Werewolf TV show. I found out that he actually played 
baseball and basketball because of his height. Hmm. Yeah. Very amazing sometimes. These little things that you find while you're researching things. It's so cool. You find all these little hidden gems of information. I love it. Yeah. Me too. All right. So what did you get for number three? Um, so it was a little bit of a tie. So I'm going to go with my, my personal favorite, which is Booty U2 Winnie the Pooh. I love the Winnie the Pooh Halloween. <gasps> oh, I love that. I loved it so, so much. And it just, you know, like Piglet's little song about, you know, not being afraid, which you'll see is a running theme for me. I grew up small. I kind of wasn't timid as a kid. And as I grew into an adult, I realized, oh, wow, I had some really close encounters there. That's kind of scary. But those little moments of like the character that's shy and quiet be- finally becoming the brave one. I just think that's so cute and so wholesome and just it resonates in my heart so piglet you know being the brave boy that takes on this spooky halloween forest it just it was so cute just to save his friends and it's like ah they're little and like of course the environmental storytelling in winnie the pooh as well like how everything was just so the season like the the creepy dead trees that kind of looked like they had faces in them and as a kid, I just remember, you know, getting goosebumps and feeling like, ah, oh, yeah, I can practically feel the chill that that little breeze is carrying. I can, I can smell the changing seasons and rabbit's garden. And I just loved it. I mean, like, I think little kids in general, like, especially if you grew up around the time that we did, Winnie the Pooh was a big deal. He was, he was like, gosh, I don't know, everybody's adventure buddy, I guess I could say. I think it can. I think it really um, translated nicely. Okay, because like, I don't know what else it is, but like, it seems like Pooh Bear, Pooh and Mickey, I guess, were like the two main ones that you just you take on adventures as a kid. Like, they were your main go-to guys whenever you wanted to have a little calm adventure, just to like really explore the world around you. Like Sesame Street had that as well, but for some reason, Winnie the Pooh, it just I've I've seen it shift into Mickey, like in in the later years, like nowadays it seemed to shift towards Mickey. But whenever I was young, Pooh and especially Tigger, were everybody's little adventure partners. And I I love that because every Pooh Bear movie it was like this grand adventure, and it was like self discovery for these little characters. And I don't know, I just character development like that in a kids show is just kind of it's kind of mind blowing to me. <laughs> I'm rambling point but yeah it's just a feeling that it gave me it, it gave me that halloween spirit in my little self and looking back on it, it still does just seeing even clips from the movie just uh it's like i can feel that autumn chill i can hear the narrator with like the the mystery in his voice and it's like i'm ready to go on this adventure all over again <laughs> <laughs> all righty um, now, since we've come to like a midpoint, though, I do want to ask you, because every time I've seen this commercial lately, it just reminds me of you. What do you think about that witch's reboot? Oh, I absolutely love like, it. I'm so excited for it. I cannot wait to see it. But like just Anne Hathaway, I can already tell it's going to do phenomenally. But oh, my goodness, like just the feeling of it, like the funk and everything that's kind of like the underlying feel and 
the the theme music it just it blows me away it's like this is one of the first that i'm actually gonna get kind of emotional talking about this but it's one of the first movies that i've seen in a long time that actually gives me that childhood oh it's halloween feel oh yeah it's definitely got that halloween feel for it i mean like i've got goosebumps talking about it but it just it looks like one of the movies that we grew up with as kids like it's got that that weird childhood magic that's so hard to encompass and it seems like not many people have really gotten it down since you know the 90s was probably the peak of it and then a little bit into the early 2000s i think and then after that it's like people kind of lost that feel yeah sharp decline went away like the heart of it it's like ah but it's hard it's a hard thing to teach though like knowing the heart of a story knowing the feel and just understanding that that's hard to grasp because from person to person it's a completely different you know journey but for that one like these commercials i've been seeing it's just so classic halloween scare the little kids kind of movie and the kids are the underdogs and they've got to face off against a monster it's just ah i love it yeah me too me too I'm going to say to you the main character kind of reminds me of you a little bit or at least your inner child that i see often i just i love it (laughs) The magic of childhood is very much alive in your heart, and I absolutely love that. It's such a breath of fresh air. (laughs) Yeah, I am very touched. So, yeah, I guess it's your turn now. And where are you going to take us on this next journey? Uh, Number three for me, I'd say it's Garfield's Halloween Adventure. Ah, that one actually, it's you're talking about the one with the ghost pirates, right? That one actually mm-hmm. scared me as a kid. Like, the ghost scene actually legitimately terrified me. Looking back on it, it's hilarious, but oh, man, those pirates. As a kid, yes. it scared you, didn't it? Absolutely. See, now, when did that one come out? Because I, I know I've been seeing it since I was young, but I can't remember if it came out after I was born or before. Um... I think it came out in 1986, then it was I think. Gosh, it's it was so good. That one definitely has a Halloween spirit, but it was one of the ones that more puts you on like the oh, feeling of danger and spooks. Or at least for me. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of was a little bit scary for me when those ghost parts came in. I was like, I had to hide underneath. I was like shielding underneath with my blanket, I was like, just, oh, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, those ghosts, please don't catch me, ghosts. Please don't catch me. It was scary. Stop making him scary. I uh, but it was very comedic all around, though. Well, and I think the thing about that one, too, is that one also kind of gives a feeling of what it feels like to be a little kid trick-or-treating by yourself for the first time, in my opinion. Like, everything is strange and new, and the sounds are a little bit different. The darkness feels a little darker. The cold seems a little bit more biting. <laughs> then again, I can't attest yeah. to that too much. We lived out in the middle of nowhere, so I didn't really trick-or-treat. But from the stories I've heard, at least... I hear that's like a kind of rite of passage the first time you go yes. trick-or-treating by yourself. Like without parents, I mean. Yeah. 
What speaking of trick or treating, let's since we're on a midpoint point, what was your favorite trick or treat candy? You know, milk duds <laughs> because of mom because that's what she would do. She would um, sometimes invite people over and sometimes not, but she'd hide around the house and she'd make us go find her. And then when we found her, we'd get a candy. And um, the one I picked, of course, was Milk Duds because I love caramel and still do. So Milk Duds, oddly enough, was my first, I think my first staple Halloween candy. But as I grew, it became the Halloween mm-hmm. gummies, like the little trolleys and... Um, you know, the gummy eyeballs and things. Even though they weren't the best, it was like, this is, gummies are my thing, and I just love these Halloween designs, you know? Like, you have an eyeball in your in your mouth, and it just adds to your zombie costume, and your friends are like, oh, man, that's awesome! Like, not the best roasted over a fire, I'll definitely say that, and I've got a little funny story if you want to hear about that one, but, um, <laughs> well. Sure thing. Uh, we had a Halloween bonfire one year at my house, and my friends and I were like, oh my gosh, you hold the chocolate on the stick over the bonfire, it melts it, and you put it on the s'more, and it's just delicious. And Rosa was definitely the most random and bravest of all of us, and she's like, I'm going to find out what it tastes like when you melt a gummy, and it did not taste good, apparently. She's, she was holding it, this just <laughs> melted pile of like black and red goo on the stick, and she's like, I'm still going to try it. And she did. She's like, it just tastes like rubber. What the heck? Where did that sugar go? <laughs> Throw a bunch of little teenage girls like running around outside trying to find the oh, cooler and get her a soda goodness. so she can wash her mouth out. And she's like, bleh, bleh. Oh. <sighs> yeah, so I, I do. I say gummies like chewy oh. things. How about you, though? Because I'm curious and I... Part of me wants to guess popcorn ball because you're classic, like a homemade um, popcorn ball. But I want to hear, I want to hear what you have to say. So, what's yours? Mine, you hit the nail right on the head. Are you serious? It was a popcorn ball. I am so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. But it just it it seems like either that or homemade <laughs> rice krispie treats. You're a very much. So you grew up kind of like in the '80s, right? Yeah, so you're mm-hmm. more used to like the, the homemade treats, like the caramel apples or the candied apples, the popcorn balls, stuff like that. Because, you know, in the 90s, people were being bad people, so we had to kind of put an end on individually wrapped treats. But everyone who grew up before me would say that that was the best part the homemade crispies and popcorn balls and the candied apples. Yeah, I remember having a popcorn ball at a fall festival when I was 12. Never had one before. And my mom gave me, bought me one. And she just looked, gave it to me and I was like, and I'm looking at it curiously. I was like, I'm looking at the ball. Um, one time I'm looking at the ball and I'm looking at her and she's like, son, just eat it. Trust me. It's just like, all right, I will, I will, I will. And I did. It was actually delicious. And I've been having them every Halloween since okay. then. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, it's right next. I mean, it's next. It's popcorn ball. And then 
any kind of candy bar. And sometimes I get the occasional snack True. cake. Snack cakes are pretty delicious. I do remember moon pies being a favorite in South Louisiana for Halloween time. I don't know about you. Like, were, were well, moon pies kind of big? Well, they... Mm-hmm. I think, thankfully, they oh, still they sell moon pies. <laughs> yeah, yeah are my they do. <laughs> That's a different topic. Um, I just know that that... For okay. people who did grow up before, like, the 90s and all that kind of just... Gosh, I don't know why. The 90s just seems to be so violent towards children. Like, we're going to hide razor blades in your apples. Fortunately, I never would, I never came across anything like that, and I'm hoping you haven't either. No, yep, I, I, I haven't. Luckily, I haven't. I'm glad about that. But that is, sadly, some things that, like, did happen to family members around us. Like, um, I want to say it was Nick that found... The- chewing on the candied apple and the razor blade got caught between his teeth or something but gosh like I really really am so sad that I never got to experience that version of Halloween where you know the the neighborhood moms would meet you at the door with giant batches of fresh baked goods instead of you know just the regular candy don't get me wrong nothing wrong with some delicious candy but gosh there's just something so heartfelt about a home-baked treat and I guess that's why I am partial to Halloween at Stephen's mothers because they make scones <laughs> they make fresh scones and it's like oh gosh hot out of the hot <laughs> out of the oil coated in your your honey butter and uh what else powdered sugar and it's just there's something about that warmth like you know you come in from a cold night trick-or-treating and then you eat something warm and sweet mm-hmm. and homemade like straight from the heart oh that's so special Yeah, yeah, and that's the one thing that I tell my fr- folks sometimes when it comes to trick tricks or treats. Well, treats in general. I said, do you want something that'll rot your teeth or do you want exactly. something that'll warm your tummy? And don't get me wrong. Stuff that rots your teeth, that's I liked right. that as a kid. I mean, it was, it was sugar. We all liked sugar, but it doesn't hold the same internal feeling. And it's weird that I say this, but like, I feel like food does carry empathy over and you can taste it you can taste if something just oh this has been made you know it's just been made or oh somebody somebody baked this somebody somebody mixed this together somebody made these candies from scratch like you can just taste the difference like you, like I know it's gonna sound so cheesy but you can taste the love and the feeling of the season <laughs> not cheesy at all that's at least that's my answer anyway and you you also said fall festivals and i also have to ask like did you go to many of those and do you still go to many or is that something that was just like you know part of your childhood a little bit because we had family in the church they were they were staple for us yeah the church um sometimes the church has something like that and they usually have them like the week of Mm-hmm. Halloween and sometimes I always go to my um, school's um, fall festival at one time they had it at around the uh, football field well not exactly on the football field it was just on the tr- uh, track that they had okay. that was surrounding it and each time that I stopped there was a station 
somewhere that you have like bobbing for apples on one booth and another you have to crush cans and you get free soda out of it. I did a good job and I had a I had a blast too. Well, I know how much of a soda fiend you are, so you probably crushed a bunch of cans. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but I'm also a oh, sucker when it comes to prizes also. Yeah. Sometimes I get one of those five dollar prizes that I get for yeah. like uh hitting a dartboard. One time and I would like to share this with you. There was a couple of years ago when I was at a fall festival for my school, I for uh, Liberty Allo, and they have like these gift cards that they have, and it wasn't much of a contest. It, I was relatively new to what I can't remember what recall what I had to do, but as soon as I wanted. I was like, take your choice. So I picked one. I think it was the Walmart uh, gift card. It was like for 10 bucks. I was like, I get that feeling every now and then. Now I remember. It was for, it was a pie walking contest. I, I think I know what you mean. That's um, what it was. I think we, we, we had them back home, but they were called cakewalks. But you would like, let me guess, you just, you walk around and stuff and then you'd land on a, a number and then they would pick your prize out. Yeah. I vaguely mm-hmm. remember one like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And the one thing they also had, I think they also had like a live concert. People were singing over there in the live stage. Just as I was leaving and heading home, I just stopped and, you know, just stopped in front of the stage, soaking in the soaking in the sounds and stuff like that. I was like, man, what a wild time! Good time. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Yep, we called ours the Harvest Fest, but it's what the churches would put on to try to keep kids out of Halloween. I mean, there was the religious portion behind it. Which, that's yeah. also sad. That's like a little sad part. But like, I love Halloween for that reason now. It's my favorite holiday because, you know, as a kid, oh, we really shouldn't do that. It's bad. It's, it's of the devil, you know. And they're just growing into it. It's like, gosh, this is. This isn't as bad as I thought it was. It's not as evil as I thought it was. It's a fun little holiday, and I love dressing up, so of course it's my favorite. But even the, even the fall festivals, you know, are the Harvest yeah. Fest. You weren't allowed to dress up, but they still had face painting. And like you said, they had the midway games, like cakewalks. Um, the one I remember was like the balloon dart and the ring toss. Um, in fact, I think my little brother won like a Sonic gift card out of the balloon, t- uh, the balloon darts, but since my aunt and uncle worked there, I was also allowed to go behind the attractions and kind of see how they work. So that was an extra fun part. But I feel like I maybe am a little weird for liking that. Like, you know, 
typically a kid will go behind the scenes and be like, oh, so you're just sitting here counting money. Okay, that's boring. I'm going to go play now. Bye. And I think my favorite one was the dunk tank because every now and then when a little kid would step up, um, it was the pastor of the church. Uh, the operator of the tank would go behind him and would pull the bar. So even if the kid missed, it would still dunk the pastor. And I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, that is too much power. Are you serious? Oh my gosh. I just. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While we're on the subject of all things costumes. Is that where we say I still. Uh, all right. Yes. I still have the picture. Of our costume contest that we had, we were in TC. Was this the Red Queen one? Oh, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. That was a rough day at first, but it got way better. Yes. So I like to. Add, so, what was your favorite costume that you like to dress for Halloween, or what would you like to dress for for future? Oh my gosh. Halloween okay, events. Okay, so. And this is going to bring me to another question. So I'm going to say it right now, just that I don't forget it later. Um, because I want to know what your first Halloween costume ever and the first one you picked out were as well. But to answer your question, my favorites so far, I think my favorite, my absolute favorite would probably be the little vampire doll that I was for that Halloween um, get together at my house where we had the bonfire. Just because that's one just the most fun times that I had. And it was a simple little costume, but we all were, and we all just had a ton of fun. And, you know, it's probably because of the memories that are behind it, but I loved that. And the Red Queen was absolute, like a total blast to make. Don't get me wrong. Like putting the blood, like the fake blood in the hosing and soldering the cage skirt together. It was a blast. Um, but I think the one that you've seen me in is my little Alice Resurrected. And I think for, for my college years, that was my favorite. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was a pretty that good costume that you Thank made. Thank you. Too. It was mostly hot glue and stretch fabric, but I, I was really proud of it. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Owen, yeah. your uh, art teacher. She told me it was one of the best that she, you made. I love Miss Owen so much. She's probably right, um, because I did. I worked very, very, very hard on that one. Um, but I loved her. She just she wanted me to follow my dreams, and I'm still I'm still running on that. It's just that my dreams are taking a different swing now. But she actually, yeah, she's she's a lot of the reason I still make my own costumes for Halloween and stuff is. You know, she she did. She inspired me so much. And she's like, you've got a talent too. So she's awesome. I love Miss Owen. But yep, the um, the Alice Resurrected is one of my favorite ones that I've ever made. So as far as I'm concerned, probably, let's see. Mm, yeah, I'm still probably going to go with the vampire doll because it's, it was just such a great memory and it was just such a simple <laughs> little costume, but we had such a blast and 
I didn't even get through half of my costume either before my friends all showed up and we all just piled into the bathroom and did each other's makeup and helped fix little things, little final details on our costumes. And just that, ah, it's just such a wonderful, happy memory. And that's probably why that's my favorite. Um, now for this year, I had yeah. wanted, or the future, the one that I really, really want to do is um, Persephone and Hades. That's what I want to do with Stephen. Um, I think we've been, we've been horror characters every oh, single nice. other year. So I, uh, no, actually, no, we did V for Vendetta one year, but uh, I'm really just, I think that it'd be fun to like throw flowers everywhere, maybe even do like a plague mask version. We were thinking about that, but since things are just kind of meh right now um mm -hmm. we've had a couple of little ideas like being imposters or crew members from among us or being the ice climbers because it's freezing cold <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it we're probably going to be more villains again this year or something but that's the one that i'm dreaming of is is hades and persephone So now I've got nice. the same questions for nice. you and then the other two included. So like for you, um, what's your favorite? What are your like biggest dreams and aspirations for your future costumes? And then, yeah, what was your first ever costume and the first costume you picked out? My first costume I did, I was dressed oh as R2-D2. Oh my goodness. If you have pictures, please send them because that sounds precious. <laughs> um, I was stationed in Germany at the time and my mom and my brother and I went to the local store and this was during the time that Star Wars the episodes 4 through, uh, from A New Hope to Return of the Jedi that became popular at the time and we got my brother Drake dressed up as C3PO. I dressed up as R2D2. And my mom went with us when we went trick-or-treating all around the um around the neighborhood. But the first one that I picked out, and I wasn't as much as older as I was. I was oh, a fighter one flying ace. Yes. Pretty I much. I love it. I love it. I think that's precious. Yeah, I have all the 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 hat yeah. and the goggles just like Snoopy. Dig I didn't get the manner however, I didn't get the mannerisms down that uh, Snoopy did all the twirling and this stuff. Because when I twirled my um, baton or my stick, it just keeps flying some, it keeps flying out of one direction or it flies out of another direction. I was like... See, that's because as kids we thought you actually had to twirl it. And then you... <laughs> gosh, Rosa, again, she's the one who taught me that Like because she did marching band and she would do the baton. She never twirled it. She would just rotate her wrist really, really fast and then like flick the baton back and forth and it would make it look like a rotation. <laughs> uh, but I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about because as a kid, you know, you try to twirl the baton and 
it would just go flying and you'd have to go chase it down and try again. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that is great. That this is you're such a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for my future plans or future costumes. Last year I did a Magnum PI cosplay. Uh, Not the Tom Selleck version, but the Jay Hernandez one. I still have the I have the Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) I have the Detroit Tigers cap. I didn't have any glasses and I didn't have the Porsche, but I pretty much made a dead it was a pretty much a Jay Hernandez uh, Magnum PI cosplay. This is what though. I mean by like you're a classic. Like you you study all the classics, and then if you're gonna have a favorite, it's going to be a classic. Like the popcorn balls. That's a classic treat. Magnum PI classic show. I love it. Yeah. Classic or reboot. But for the future, I'm thinking about. Becoming Commander Ooh. USA. I was gonna say one of the, back then. This wasn't just a; it was just a host of Commander USA's groovy movies that they had on the USA Network. And at the time, cable was just getting its feet wet. It's just getting its traction. So every Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember. No. Definitely Saturday. Commander USA has this base, and it shows all the movies. And it's not not just; it's mm-hmm. mostly B movie types, but they always have these vignettes in between these bumpers in between when they go to commercial break or coming out out of it, and they're very fun to watch. Um. A couple I think I can recommend to you that are in the horror field. Um, One is called The Final Terror that features uh, Adrian Zemed and Daryl Hannah. Oh, and the young Joe Pantoliano. I know Daryl Hannah. And the other is called The Being, which has uh, Martin Lando and Ruth Buzzy. Is that one like a sci-fi or? Yeah, it has a bit of a sci-fi. It also has a bit of a horror mix to it. Yeah, and here's one honorable mention, also from Commander USA. It's Mausoleum. That already sounds kind of spooky. <laughs> it's got something to do with vampires. That's more like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check those out. Yeah, that's good. Well, we're on a subject of checking things out. For my movies? What do you have for number five? All right. So, 
Another really old mm-hmm. one. I don't know if it was as popular, but it was called The Halloween Tree. I think. Never heard I mean, of that I one before. Thought that it was The Halloween Tree, but now I'm questioning myself. Okay, so it was it was a Cartoon Network movie, like a little special, just a little animated movie. And one of their friends goes missing right before mm-hmm. Halloween, and apparently he's about to die, and then there's this guy who's, who owns the Halloween tree and takes these souls, and the kids have to then nearly lose themselves to this Halloween tree as well to get their friend back, and gosh, it's weird. It's like, it's one of those ones that kind of only exists in the halls of my memory, but I swear I've seen it before. Let me see if I can find a little synopsis on it. Yeah, while you're looking through there, I'll give you mine. My number five, it is called the Miss Switch Mystery Series. Basically based on a book on Robert Brooks Wallace. The Miss it focuses on Miss Switch, who is actually a school teacher. And what got me into this was, was ABC had something called the weekend specials. And they have like live action or animated versions of the books that are out. Never heard of Miss Switch before. But I've seen I've seen the two parter The Trouble with Miss Switch. And then a year later, it's Miss Switch to the Rescue, which was an original one. And it was all magic and mystery, but there was also a little bit of a message in it, too. <laughs> like, say, uh, towards the end of the trouble with Miss Switch, she says to her two students who are who are in the adventures with her, she says, sometimes the best teacher is also the oh best student. And I agree with that one hundred percent. You've got to learn from the people you are teaching if you expect to not stagnate. I love it. I'll have yeah. to check it out. And I'm sorry, what was the name of it again? Um, this one was called The Trouble with Miss Switch. Okay. And then its sequel, Got Miss it. Switch to the Rescue. You know, what was so strange is that... What was so strange about this was the, it was like at the 11 to 11.30 spot that they have for ABC. What? And guess what comes out on after that? Classic. American Fancy. I love it. My mom's fine. That's how she learned to dance. Yeah, me too. From American Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But so I did, oh, I did wow. research and I was right. The Halloween Tree is the name of the movie. Um, yeah, it follows 
some friends who are trying to save one of their buddies. There's this creepy old uh, Mr. Uh, goodness gracious, is it Mr. Burns from The Simpsons? Yes, Mr. Burns. He kind of looks like Mr. Burns, but he's trying to capture all of them. And I won't spoil the ending because I don't remember it, but I remember it ended well. Um, the reason that I chose it, though, is because of the feeling that it gave me. Like, even though I've only seen it, like, twice as a child, it's like, I could look at a frame from this movie and be brought back immediately. I can remember that feeling of, oh my gosh, this might be the last Halloween we ever have. And, like, that that feeling of time is running out. We've got we've to gotta save our friends so that Halloween, or Halloween, you know, basically never be the same. And I don't know, something about the danger of it, at me as a little kid, I loved it. To capture the more like sinister side of Halloween, I feel. Well, that's good. Let's see. For number six, I know we're going down the vampire route, but I'd say Captain Chronos Vampire. It is. It's and the thing of it is, and uh, honorary mention also from Hammer is the Legend of the Seven Golden I Vampires. Either, but I love vampire things. Check all this out now. Oh, and here's the uh, the cool part about it is it's it may be a vampire movie, but it's also an adventure movie as well. As with the on the seven golden vampires, has a little bit of a kung fu edge that to it. Sounds amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. Like oh my gosh, uh, but yes, I love kung fu movies too, especially the acrobatics. Oh, there's plenty of that in that movie, though. Oh, the Legend of the Golden Seven Golden Vampires. That is. And Peter uh, Cushing, mm-hmm. who was, um, who plays Van Helsing in the Dracula flicks, he's in this one. Unfortunately, uh, Christopher Lee was not because. Which makes me he sad. Didn't find I the love script all that Lee. interesting. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think number eight. Speaking of on the subject of vampires, I kind of found this one as a near. I kind of one as my yep, favorite. That's Stephen's favorite. It was the Underworld, the Underworld series. series. He loves the way the vampires and werewolves are portrayed, and of course, Kate Beckinsale is just gorgeous. I like the feel of it, like the artistic feel, how it's gloomy and not a lot of color is involved. But when it is, it's very saturated and bright. Yeah, I love, and yes. Kate Beckinsale did a great job as Celine. And it was from the person who played one of the Lycans. He actually created this, um, the oh, wow. characters for the series. And I think he also is the same person who responsible for the one who did too, I, I Frankenstein.
Yeah. But I actually had a chance to watch. I've watched Underworld, Evolution. I haven't seen Rise of the Lycans or Awakening, but I have seen Blood Wars. A shame, however, that uh, Beckinsale will not be appearing in future future uh, Underworld films. Because she was... Right. Because she was so good in them. I mean, she just knocked it out of the park every time. Her and Scott Speedman, when she did the first two, um, if you have pairing was actually pretty good. Because that's the first one I watched, by the way. <laughs> really good. Actually, in oh, you know what? In order, it's Rise of the Lycans, Underworld, Evolution, yeah. Awakening, and Blood Wars. Yeah, the timeline. Oh, gosh, I love making timelines. That's pretty awesome. So what was yours? Um, so I'll go with favorite vampire movie then, which is Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Vampire Hunter. Hands down. Okay. Now that is very unusual, but not... But oh my gosh. Every nonetheless time I entertaining. Somebody that, they roll their eyes that and they're like, you kidding me? And it's like, nope, I'm not kidding you. It sounds cheesy, but it's amazing. Just watch it. And every single time, it's the same thing. Like, why'd they name this movie this, this, this stupid name? And it's like, well, Abraham Lincoln's hunting vampires. Like, what, what did you expect? <laughs> well, not an action movie like that. That's for sure. It was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, favorite vampire movie is definitely <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. The action scenes are incredible. The costume design is incredible. The vampires feel like a threat. It's so good. So I guess that technically qualifies. It's not necessarily a Halloween movie, but it's, I yeah. love. And I mean, here we go. I'm going to segue into a question of my own. Um, I love vampire movies because vampire is my favorite class okay. monster. So now I want to know what yours is because I don't think I've ever asked you that question. What is your favorite classic monster? Oh my gosh. I'm glad you asked. There are so many. I'd say on the uh, on the ballpark, I'd go with if you can't narrow it down, it's cool. Oh. If you can't narrow it down, give me your give favorite me because it's I'm just there. in general. The mummy. Um the mummy. Yes, even not just the classic universal ones or the modern one that had um, mm-hmm. with uh, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. But I also remember seeing the, uh, a classic movie called The Pharaoh's Curse. And I was, this lasted about almost 65 minutes, but it was the best. 65 that I ever gotten to see in my entire lifetime. Yes. uh, 19... 
45 or 55. I can't remember. I think it was one of those classics that I liked that you never heard of before. Right. But after watching it, I was like, man, I want to see it again. Oh, yeah. Another hidden treasure that I've also seen. Let me ask you this, though. You've heard of the house on Haunted Hill, correct? Uh, uh, which one is you watch the nineteen ninety nine? I saw the original version of this because it was a sorry. Go ahead. When I was in, uh... that was the nineteen fifty nine, and it had more. Yes psychological edge to it. It make it scared the living daylights out of me. And I watched it pretty much the first time I watched it it was on a Thursday night and I just got finished coming home from some type of rehearsal and they were having a classic horror movie marathon. Didn't feel like horror, but it just had that psychological feel to it. So I just spent the entire movie just watching it. Whenever it got into the commercial, I just take a quick run in, grab myself something to drink, grab some popcorn, and I just went back in just before the movie uh, came back on. (laughs) And I... It was... I had a ball, though. And it was one of the first ones that had the first jump scare. Can't tell where, but I think it was somewhere down towards the middle of the movie. It was scary and yet cheesy at the same time. Because the scare was like right in my face. I was like, ah! And then it just floated off and I was laughing my tail off. I tell you, it was one of those films that's like, it's scary, but cheesy. And nonetheless, I had a ball watching. So, yeah, so much so I thought it was laughing. I had to muffle my, I had to muffle with the pillow so I don't want to wake my brother up. (laughs) Oh, I didn't stop. I didn't get any sleep until I. I didn't go to sleep. Oh, until the like witching hour! That's just great. 3, <laughs> I mean, that's even better. Morning. Oh, and you know what was so crazy? That the ending of it all, and the person who took the the uh, caretaker of the mm-hmm. of the house. He had like one of these closing um, dialogues. He's saying, now they're nine. And he's like, there'll be more, many more. And then he heard the rattling of the chains. And he says, they'll come for me now. And then looks at the camera, like it looks at the audience and says, and then they'll come Mm -mm. for you. 
<laughs> I was like, okay, that. And I'm looking around. I'm making sure that my lights are on, my doors are closed. I was like, ooh, wee. Those that was wall scary. breaks, especially in early film, when they would do it and they'd be serious about it. Oh, man. Like, um, it's, it's a little off topic, but there's a war film. And I can't remember the name of it, but basically every single character is staring directly into the camera as if you yourself are there witnessing everything. And there is something so chilling about that. Like, the fourth wall breaks um, in horror are terrifying, especially whenever you're a younger mind and you're more susceptible to believing things like that. Oh, oh no, oh no. Like the based on a true story, it's coming after you at the end. Just no, little me did not like that very much. Oh, that would be really scary. Absolutely. Really scary indeed. It's kind of uh, like everybody's reaction when um, and there's something about little children in horror too. The fact that people kind of, at least in lore, kids are supposedly just more susceptible to the supernatural. It's why that moment in um, The Sixth Sense where, you know, Haley draws crying and he says, I hate that people. You know, and that became such a meme. It's it's because that was convincing. That made an entire theaters of adults shake in their boots and, and feel so fully convicted about what this character was saying that it felt like a fourth wall break. And, you know, you kind of get that weird feeling of, should I look, look over my shoulder? Really? Oh, yeah, that's got like yeah. that. Or the don't look Watch your back right moment there. So right I can there, only imagine you know? how you must have felt when that happened. Scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was one um, film that I watched. And while we're on the subject of all things, on a late night... I actually saw one movie. I can't remember. I can't remember for the life of me what it is. It's not classic, but it is a. Ah, I remember now. It was called Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Phantom of the Mall. So is this like a spoof or is this a slasher? Something like that. It's kind of like in the oh vein gosh. of Phantom of the Opera. But instead but instead of a opera house, it's like a modern day mall. And it's got Pauly Shore on there. In one of his earlier roles. This one was a little bit more serious. But who was also in that film? I'm trying to remember. It was Pauly Shore, Rob Estes before he became, uh, before he started Silk Stockings, and Morgan Fairchild. I'm not familiar with any of them. Um, if you look on YouTube, look up the uh, WPIX. 
they have a traditional Shocktober oh. month long um, movie theme. And they mostly have like, they show like the bedroom window or Piranha 2, the spawning. They have a commercial that I saw for Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. And maybe check that out. Is it and... WPIX? Yeah, P- WPIX. It's new. Oh, well, it was independent, then it turned into C, uh, the CW. But they always have, and this is the one thing that I like about YouTube. They always have like the old time movie promos right for their channels. Oh, this is awesome. And I think, I'm not so sure, but I'm guessing, but there are good odds that the action movie that I mentioned may be on there. I'm finding, like, promos and uh, blooper reels. Just It seems like some 1980s um, television. I like it. Awesome. Well, then I'm going to have to check that one out because that actually sounds super interesting. Phantom of the Mall. Yeah. And here's the one thing I also found out. I think the 80s had the best on an entertainment I probably have to agree with you. The 90s was at its highest peak. But there was a lot of nastiness involved with it too like i use ren and skimpy for an example and a lot of people are like oh but those grossed out cartoons were so fun to me that was my bread and butter it's like that's fine but the people behind them had very very dark um intentions of what they wanted to show the children and that's what bothers me about it because as a kid i kind of felt that hostility so those are like oh but <laughs> sorry um the 80s absolutely did. It It was just so golden, I want to say. It was like the golden days. Yes, and I actually grew up with some of these movies coming out. Some were good, some not so much. On the horror side, we all like... Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's when it really, I was like, oh gosh, I don't know if I want to see that one. And I was too young to watch that. But I was definitely not too young to watch um, Freddy's Nightmares, the TV version of the yeah, TV I've never version heard of that Nightmare either. on Elm Street. I knew there were books. I knew there was a book series, but I didn't know there was a TV series. Lasted two seasons on syndication. And Mariska Hargitay guest starred in one episode. And you're just giving me all sorts of stuff to look into. But what's new? Like, you're you're just in charge of your trove of knowledge. Probably why you're called the owl, (laughs) isn't it? 
ho ho. Or should I say yeah. hoo hoo? <laughs> no, I'm just being ridiculous, but that brings me to another question I've got for you. <laughs> Do you have a favorite slasher or monster movie? Uh, yeah. Uh, I do have one. I think it's called. I think of one of the Halloween, one of the Halloween movies. movies. Yeah. Yeah. No, Michael Myers. I think it was number f- five, and that featured yep, Paul Rudd. I know Rudd. what you're talking about. I haven't watched it fully, but since I'm a little bit of a horror fan, I know it. Which is, of course, right back on topic. It's it's Halloween. That's it's probably the most classic slasher. I mean, except for Scream, but Scream was making fun of the slasher genre. That's why people kind of see it as the go-to because it's it's self-aware. But Halloween, I think, you know, you've got your classics like Psycho and things, but Halloween is. I feel like that's the one that really made it take off. You know, like Jason Voorhees is the most popular. Freddy's the craziest one, but nobody talks about Michael because he's genuinely scary. He's silent. He doesn't care. And yet, no. Yeah. And yet, and strangely enough, while I'm on the subject of Freddy, did you know that there were actually two rap songs? I know one of them that were the nightmare on my street after him. One was called. I love that one. It's like my favorite Halloween song. Yes. I remember that. The other one is, are you ready for Freddy by the fat boys? And it featured Robert England as Freddy Krueger. That's awesome. In the music video. I've never heard of that one, but. It, you know what it kind of does remind me of is the um, the Adams Family song that I don't remember what the group was, but it was kind of like a little bit of a rap, more of like this little funky hip hop thing. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, live oh. what they want, how they want. Yeah, I love that one. Oh, MC Hammer, that was it. So that is MC Hammer. Oh, That's yes, cool. It was Hammer who did that one. Gosh. Oh gosh, I still remember the dances that they do. Oh gosh, I well, even choir class did got one time when so. I was in you my didn't choir do it like one time in your bedroom just to do it for fun. Like, <laughs> I'm really gonna feel bad because that's all I ever did it for. It was just for fun. I oh, I wish I had an excuse. Like, oh no, I'm, I'm doing this for choir. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And she, my mom was like, son, God. you're doing it wrong. Just watch the film. <laughs> so I did it right. And they oh, just joined awesome. in. It was really fun, though. Yep. Fun. I know that one. And the Nightmare on My Street was, that was probably, and still it's still my favorite, but it was probably my little brother and I's favorite. I mean, we had some other Halloween songs we liked, but The Nightmare on My Street was just so... Like, the first time we listened to it, we were giggling all the way through it. <laughs> Comes back in and Freddie grabs him. Here's what we'll do. We got a lot of work here. Me and you. 
You sold up your friends, or and I had a claim. You've got the body, and I've got the brain. I love that. I just love that. I thought it was hilarious, and it made him feel like so much less scary because, as a kid, Freddy Krueger's nightmare fuel literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what was so crazy every time that i listened to that song after that rap that uh freddie did i was imagining either heather langenkamp coming out and doing <laughs> and a, with a, nobody a with fresh princess that rap long. out of there oh that's amazing so good see but that's yep. the thing is who are these big artists like singing songs yep. about slasher villains and stuff like it surprises me like queen even has one the man behind the mask is about jason nightmare on my street is freddy and then of course i can't tell you how many times people have remixed the halloween theme because it's just that's also a classic you know it's <laughs> your mom comes home and you hear the car in the driveway and you realize i didn't take the chicken out of the freezer running it to the sink and running it under the water screaming for it to hurry while you can hear the garage door opening oh i think every kid knows that oh there's something different about the michael myers music that you know the the image of your mom in her bathrobe looming behind you in the light of the fridge because she's been waiting she knew you were sneaking a midnight snack Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I have. Yeah, such as a personal experience. <laughs> Not to sound vague or anything. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. I also have some Let's other Halloween um, traditions, though. Um, aside from the movies and the candy and such, I think it started in 89, but I never got into it until then. Um, back then, the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, premiered a brand new pay-per-view called Halloween Havoc. And it was the week before or of Halloween. And they always have like a couple of matches in between. I think it was in 1990. They all came up dressed up in costumes. Not just the fans, but some of the play-by-play announcers, they were all dressed up in their favorite costumes. That was a big shtick. Your costume was 30% of your shtick. Yeah. But I bet, like, Undertaker and Sting yeah, probably it was. benefited off of that cane, too. Yeah. Uh you know what? Let me give you a little bit of history about this. Um, I think it started in 89, and their first main event was uh, the Thunderdome match. It was like 20 feet high, no doors, no, just the roof over the top, 
electrified at the top. And the only way the person has to win is their, their designated Terminator with throwing the towel. Now, I was about seventh grade when that, no, correction, I was in eighth grade when it came to be. My favorite was 90. The one I remember the most was 94. But when WCW was sold in 2000, 2001, I was like, oh gosh, I'll never see that event again. Luckily, WWE, this has planned to revive Halloween Havoc under the NXT banner. And staples of it was called Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. Where if you spin a wheel, there's like 10 of the most diabolical matches, 10 specialty matches. No, correction, make that 12 matches. And it could be an I Quit match or a Coal Miners match, Coal Miners Glove match. It could be a cage match. It could be an I Quit match. And there's one that was called Spinner's Choice. And I'm like, oh, boy. I hate to be the lucky son of a gun that has to land on that one. (laughs) Which match that was in that wheel. And that was crazy. I loved every minute of it, though. I might have to look on. I may have to see if. I think the matches, uh, the original ones, they're on the WWE Network right now. And I think the 80s and 90s page on Facebook, they've shown some Halloween Havoc also. Sweet. Well, you know the so drill. You can I'm going to keep an eye on that. into my DMs whenever you find it, if you do. And I'll check it out. That's where I get a lot of my culture exposure from is the things that you send me sometimes. <laughs> you know I will. Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, I think I've asked all the questions that I wanted to ask. So I'm uh, yep, and I'm a blank right now. So if you've got any other things you'd like to discuss or talk about, I'm down because I've asked everything and now I've got my answers. You know, I think I'm all asked out myself. I have no questions. All right. I have. Well, and I, I guess the last thing there is to, to do say is about sign it. off. Are you going to be carving a jack o' lantern this it year? Is so... Oh, this is my first year doing it, so I guess we'll have to compare. You bet I will. <laughs> Sounds like fun. You bet. Well, thank you so much for having me on the. All stage. right. Little Halloween, yeah, I guess Halloween special. Thank you again for that. I'm so glad because this is my favorite holiday, and I got to talk with, uh, talk about it with one of my favorite people. So, as always, it is an honor to be here, and I'm grateful for you having me. Ah, thanks. Well, I'm grateful to have you on the show. Also, you too, old friend. You have a great Halloween. All right. 
any, I guess, I'll see you, soon. Do you share this with people? Are there listeners or is this just a personal thing for you? All right. Well, to the listeners out there, I uh, just want to say really quick. Well, she shared this with happy listeners. Happy holidays. Happy Halloween. And I hope you guys have a festive time. Stay safe out there. It's a little different this year, but we can still have fun and still bring the spirit indoors. That's it. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> you do the same old All right. I love you and thank you for having me again. Stay safe out there, Hannah. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. And I you. Talk to you. If you saw the DC Fandom live stream during the weekend, you have to admit to yourself, they're pretty much blown away with what DC has to offer. Movies like Aquaman and the Last Kingdom, Black Adam, that includes Dwayne DeBrock Johnson, Aldous Hodge, and Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Even animated shows like the fourth season of Young Justice called Phantoms. And even kids movies like Shazam, Fury of the Gods, which will feature Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren. As well as... Clips from Stargirl, Supergirl, and the five-episode event known as Flash Armageddon, which will feature every character from the Arrowverse, from Black Lightning to the new Green Arrow, played by Cat McNamara. I'm very hyped about this. I know that they're going to catch up movie-wise. But when it comes to television, DC got it hands down. Pat. And I can't wait to see what they've got in store in the year or so to come. Well, that's it. I haven't stopped falling into fall yet. Because Halloween is just right around the corner. So, check out a brand new episode on Halloween before you kids go start trick-or-treating. And, as always, if you like this show, and I know that you do, check me out on Spotify and subscribe or wherever podcasts are being carried. And, as always, I'm Derek Kennedy saying stay safe and stay entertained.